Hello. We're doing this. Hola, como estas? Bonus episode, Lines Led by Donkeys. Yes. You voted special on it. Special guest. We watched it. Me. Yes, special guest, the guy who co-hosts the show. Uh, <laughs> Who's never here. Yeah. Uh, you voted on Valkyrie. We watched Valkyrie. For you. Um, and, you know, before we get into this stupid shit, uh, <laughs> I had one listener slide into my DMs and tell me, my favorite Tom Cruise movie is the one where he dies over and over again, which I think it's like the uh, day after tomorrow. Oh, it is. Yes, it is. Because nobody likes Tom Cruise. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I thought you enjoyed Tom Cruise. I don't. I and enjoy a Mission Impossible Tom Cruise. He plays the same character in every movie. He There's does. There's literally no difference between Nathan Algren from Last Samurai and Klaus von Stauffenberg from Valkyrie. There it's isn't. This, it's the same fucking and character. Then it rolls just, into, he's just missing an eye. Yeah, and then it rolls into Mission Impossible. And yeah. it's great. Yeah, he doesn't act differently in anything. Um, which, you know, we're talking about Valkyrie starring Tom Cruise. If you uh, couldn't guess. Directed by the uh, the Hollywood pedophile Brian Singer, which, uh, yeah, whoops, oof. Um, also, we both have dumb personal stories that are attached to this movie. Um, we do. For instance, have you ever taken a girl out to a, to a movie? No. Um, on a date? Oh, no. Really? No, Never? I have. <laughs> what was the worst movie you've ever taken anybody out to oh. see? Uh, it definitely was uh, that King Kong movie. Which one? They made a couple. Of it was them. the one with Samuel L. Jackson. Is that the one with that has that Jack Black in it? You, uh, no. So it was. It was. They made it was another the one, one with uh, Samuel L. Jackson. I can't remember who. Oh, else he's in everything. You have to be more specific. Oof, this is rough. Skull Island. Mm. Okay, I haven't seen it. Was that a shitty movie? I did not enjoy it. Okay, so I brought a girl to the movie theater to watch this movie. And it should come as a surprise to nobody. That was the first and only date we went on. (laughs) Now, was that based off of the movie or Joe? Uh, Well, the popular opinion through the women that I've dated through my life is it was probably more to do with me than Tom Cruise. Nice. But I'm putting the burden of proof on Tom Cruise here. He needs to come forward. I'll let him on the show. We'll talk about it. I like this. I'm blaming Tom Cruise. Um, you know, I enjoy spending time with you, so I would blame Tom Cruise too. Do you want to fuck? Not, not on the show. Okay, maybe later. Uh, <laughs> so uh, there's an interesting thing that I ran into while I was researching this movie. Um, Tom Cruise and Scientology in general, not oh super God. welcome in Germany. <laughs> Uh, they they're like they categorize as like a dangerous cult. Really? Yeah. So like people were really really upset that he was playing Klaus von Stauffenberg to the point that like Klaus von Stauffenberg's grandson, no, as a son who's still alive or, or was still alive back in like two thousand six seven when this movie was being made, uh, was like I, I wish Tom like I I don't have an issue with Tom Cruise. I just wish he kept his fucking hands off my father. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know he fiddled his dad. Well, like he he just hates Tom Cruise. Uh like play the idea of playing um their dad. Right. Um and also, fiddled like, him. I don't think he fiddled him. No. Seeing how Klaus von Stauffenberg died in nineteen forty four. Tell me how you did it. Fiddle, um, fiddle, fiddle, fiddle. 
and uh, unless you unless you buy into the Scientology belief that Tom Cruise really is an infinite life form and traveled back in time to have sexual relations with Klaus von Stauffenberg, I don't think that happened. I'm going to go with a strong no. I like the idea. I mean, it's weird because they look so much alike, which is why Tom Cruise is picked for the roles. He really does look a lot like Klaus von Stauffenberg. Yeah, he does. Um... Yeah, a lot of people had problems. Like at one point, the ministry, the German Ministry of Defense, refused to allow the movie like anywhere near historical military sites because Scientology was involved, and because Tom Cruise was involved, yeah. he's a super Scientologist. <laughs> um, other than that, though, um, it, it strangely was you know, historically it's okay. Uh, I'm gonna say, as far as all the movies we've watched on uh, for this show. It is the closest to historically true, which is not saying a lot, seeing how the last bonus episode involved space Nazis. Yeah. And the one before that was uh, The Patriot, which is completely made up. <laughs> so, you know, we're, we're not exactly coming from strong stock. I do enjoy The Patriot from time to time. You know, I'm, it's guilty pleasure. I like the movie a lot. Yeah. Um, so with that, we will get to Valkyrie. The movie opens with a bunch of uh, screaming Germans resetting the Hitler oath. Uh, and it will go to be like a recurring theme through the movie, which is weird. Like every time anybody brings up the plot, like you swore an oath. Yeah. Like it fucking matters. Um, I said an oath too. I've probably violated it like 20 <laughs> times. Uh, uh, Oaths so, are meant to be broken. Yeah. That's more like guidelines. Yeah. If anything. Um, so, after that, it flash forwards to the African theater of World War II, and Tom Cruise's Klaus von Stauffenberg is speaking in really bad German. Can we talk about the accents throughout the movie, too? Oh, man. So, yeah. Uh, so, he's uh, his character is ranting about um, Nazi war crimes, talking about how the war is totally lost, um, and he declares Hitler the enemy of the world, but more importantly, uh, the enemy of the German people. And most war movies, uh, certainly every war movie we've watched for the show, um, even when they're starring people who are supposed to be like German or Russian, like Enemy at the Gates, they all have British accents. Yeah. Even the Germans. Jude Law. Yeah. Uh, like Great. the Germans and the Russians have the same accent, which is dumb. Um, and this movie's no different. Like the Germans all have British accents with the exception of Tom Cruise, who just talks like Tom Cruise. Yeah, it's just a Tom Cruise accent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which... Tom, can you do a little accent? I am doing one. Oh, what what language is that? Tom Cruise's. I feel like he thinks Perfect. he's doing an accent. Yeah, he probably thought he was actually speaking German the whole and movie. There's like, what is this guy doing? I mean, I'm not saying that they should have. Well, I mean, it probably would have been more true to life. They just got like a whole German cast and a German director and everything. But um, I'm not saying that Tom Cruise should have spoke German. But like, I don't understand the point of having him speak. German for 10 seconds yeah, for of the a two hour movie. 10 seconds, and you're kind of just like, yeah. what? Yeah. Um, so he ends up speaking to a field marshal who he tells, um, like, obviously, that the campaign in North Africa is lost, and we should try to save as many soldiers' lives as possible. Right. And they'll then, need them for, uh, throughout the war. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then he gets attacked by aircraft and partially vaporized <laughs> via strafing run. And you have something to say about that fucking plane, don't you? You're I dying do. to tell me. Well, it's kind of cool because uh, when they were uh, using, because it was a P40, 
And uh, the museum I used to volunteer at before I really got into reenacting. Was it like an actual flying yeah. version? Like yeah. it wasn't just like a stationary museum object? The museum that's, I... That's kind of cool. The museum I volunteered at, they were they strive for having all their planes flying. Like they were known for that. That's impressive. So they have P-47, P-38, P-40s. They're trying to get their B-17 up, which oh, I hope they do. Man, I'd hate to be the fucking test pilot for that thing. I would too. Go ahead and fly this 100-year-old thing. Tell us how it works out. So, yeah, the the same one I used to clean and tell people about this P-40 was in that movie. It's really cool. I also had a few people I knew that were extras in the movie. Like for this scene or just in general? For that scene, specifically. I mean, you do know a shocking amount of reenactors who really I like really do. Nazis. God. And boy, did they hate the actual actors that, are, that were extras. Oh, because how dare they have talent in acting? And not wear the uniform correctly. Yes, I mean, that's exactly what they were mad about. Yeah, how dare they uh, dishonor the dead Wehrmacht oh veterans of, like, of the of the Africa? It Corps. was annoying when they came back. <laughs> they didn't want to get proper German haircuts. They didn't want to wear the uniform properly. And I was just like, dude, yeah, I feel like that that is, yeah, I don't know much about uniforms of anything really, but. That is spoken from someone who reads a lot and and isn't like they completely lack critical thinking because it's like I'm sure you've seen it. I've taken part in it. Maybe you have as well. Whenever you watch modern war movies, like they wouldn't wear shit like that. Oh, from time to time. But like more egregious things like gear that simply doesn't exist or like, you know, the people who like to Velcro their old ACs all the way up to their throat. Yeah. But like. No one's ever be like, he needs a haircut when the when the when the movie's taking place like several years into a war. Right. Like I looked like a fucking homeless person during my last deployment because I mean, and this is like an American deployment, which by contrast to what I imagine a Africa Corps soldier member of the Wehrmacht was Ugh, absolutely nothing. Terrible. Like I generally still had running water most of the time. I had accoutrements, they just simply did not. And like they're not showering, they're not shaving, they're not getting their fucking haircut. But like, how dare they not have that top button yeah. of their jacket buttoned? And that that's like something me and um, when I had uh, Civil War humor on to talk about the uh, uh, Civil War and and Mister Pillow, the biggest fucking idiot I think of the war. <laughs> um, where I I was a little worried about uh, talking about the Civil War because there's all the reactors. Like they have, it's like an intense fandom, and I'll call it a fandom more like a fetish. It's like, I don't really take part in any particular fandoms. Uh, maybe a fucking Firefly or Final Fantasy or something. But like, like, oh, he wouldn't wear those particular buttons that it's like, way. It's, it's so serious. I can't, I can't even like, pay attention to this. No, and it is that way. It really is that way. And it's really annoying because when you're in that circle, it's kind of just like, holy fuck. I just, I, it's grindingly annoying. It really is because it, it automatically ruins a movie for that person. Yeah, and I'll and never they, be that way. Like it, I don't, I don't, don't hate. Please. Yeah, yeah, like I don't hate uh, the Hurt Locker because of their stupid convoys or what, or their stupid like none of the shit that makes sense. I hate it because it's a bad movie. Yeah, like I like Valkyrie. I'll still say I enjoy this movie. It's is it historically accurate for our show? Sure. I like The Beast, which is probably one of the dumbest fucking war movies I've ever seen. It's entertaining. Like it doesn't have to be. F- yeah, we're broke ass historians that have a pseudo historian show, but like we can 
have that uh, spench of disbelief when it comes to entertainment. Yes. I enjoy Battlefield 1. I enjoy Battlefield 5. Thank you. I, I don't do give too. a fuck if half the weapons didn't really exist. Like, I want to have fun, man. Like, this is for me to enjoy. Right. It's like, they, they oh my God. Could you imagine how much? Because they hated the movie Fury. And I fucking love the movie Fury. Yeah, the movie's that movie is objectively a good fucking movie. I don't oh care what anybody God, I says. Loved it. And I'm I, sure I am contractually obligated to enjoy it because I'm a tank uh, crewman. But but still, I liked it because for how unhistorically accurate it was, like there's still parts of it that are like, yeah, that's that's realistic. And that's I, I don't I don't give a fuck if the Sherman fired a goddamn laser beam. It's a fun movie. That's all I but could that, you imagine how boring and annoying an actual historical like war game would be the history channel tried doing it so they tried the, making the civil war game the onion it was terrible the onion ripped on that when they're like there's a, a a realistic iraq war game and it's like people like yeah i just drove around in circles for six seven hours and then like <laughs> nothing happened and then i just went to sleep and then another was like yeah i my vehicle got blown up and i get sent home and now I'm really sad and I can't sleep. <laughs> like it's fucking stupid. <laughs> like nobody wants to play that game. No. And if you do, you're a fucking psychopath. Like no, man. That circle had a lot of psychopaths. I believe it. They all want to dress up like Nazis at their spare Not time. All of them. I wasn't one of them. <laughs> it's all right. You could be the only Mexican Nazi that I know. No, but I did know a Mexican guy who joined the twelfth S twelfth SS in that uh circle. He fucking hated it because he joined it out of, I really like history. <laughs> I feel like that's how I almost ended up in reenacting. Like, that'd be kind of cool, like, dressing up as, like, a grenadier in Napoleon's Grand Army. And then you end up, like, meeting some of the weirdest fucking people on Your Earth. uniform would be terrible on you. Oh, yeah. Your body proportion for the time. And I would have been kidnapped and turned into, like, one of the, the King of Prussia's weird tall Sir, guy. you are absolutely giant. Yep. You are a titan of the old days. Yeah. We are going to go ahead and ship you to a different country to be fetishized by a weird guy named Peter. Now chop his legs off so he fits in the boat. <laughs> I can fit just fine. <laughs> All right. So back on topic. Um, after the strafing run, Tom Cruise is pretty much half dead. And um, so he's pretty much blown apart. He loses a hand or his like his hand up to his wrist and a couple fingers on his other hand he loses an eye and there's actually a, a fun fact here if you want to consider any of this fun brian singer didn't want to actually put this in the movie because he was afraid people would think that they're trying to make tom cruise look too badass um but klaus von stauffenberg refused all painkillers during uh like during this thing because he didn't want to be addicted to morphine which is like a surprising thing like that speaks to me in 2019 America. Like I don't want to get addicted to opiates. Yeah. <laughs> that was a big problem back then. Oh, and I mean, drug use in general was a oh, huge yeah. problem in the, in the German army. Like they made it, they wrote a whole book about it. Uh, it's called blitz. It's really fucking good. Uh, and then the movie flashes to the Eastern front in 1943 and mm. Hitler and his like posse or, Click. Yeah. What, or what, gaggle. What, did, what do we, you, did we come up with anything for that? I don't know what you call a large group of Nazis a murder, like crows. Ooh. I mean, it's apt. I don't know. Uh, anyway, they land uh, for a meeting. And after they land, everybody sits down to a nice piece of cake at a dinner table, as one tends to do whenever the evil incarnate human shows up. Uh, th- then it becomes pretty clear 
that uh, several of the officers present are plotting something. Several of them are building a bomb, which is concealed in a box of whiskey. I would hate to have my whiskey tampered with. I feel like that's, you know, it's weird because Hitler wasn't considered a drinker. Like, he didn't do much of anything. Like, he was kind of a teetotaler. I feel like he probably just got it just to get it. Well, he did a lot of drugs, like pharmaceuticals that his doctor gave him, like methamphetamines yeah. and, and all sorts of other shit. But, like, he didn't drink because he, he thought it was below him, which is weird. But I think that they were sending that box of whiskey to a different officer in Berlin. So, like, they weren't giving it to Hitler. They were giving it to their buddy back Oh, yes. Back home. That makes yeah. sense. Um, unfortunately for them, the plan doesn't work. Uh, they learned Hitler landed safely. And that is actually something that happened. Um, they tried to, someone tried to kill Hitler with an IED hidden in booze, which is pretty fucking cool. It is. There was like a dozen serious attempts on Hitler's life while he was chancellor of Germany. I feel like this says something about him. (laughs) Not a very popular guy, it turns out. Um, the film then jumps to Berlin, which shows tons of members of the German high command or turns are all part of, um, the plot to kill Hitler. And they begin to panic about their plan failing. It also seems that officers in this movie, who I should remind you, are plotting to overthrow Hitler, which is terrifying. I mean, this is a police state. We talked about this a little bit during our White Rose episode where, like, people were narking out their brothers and sisters to the Gestapo. So, like, you know, the fear is definitely in place. Um, But they're totally comfortable just openly discussing their plans. They walk down. It's like Like, the Nazi version of the West Wing. Dude. Just like walking shoulder to shoulder, like openly talking about like national security plans. Yeah. In the in a hallway and then going through a defect. Just surrounded by and there's like armed guards in the hallway. But imagine being that armed guard. Like we were both shitty specialists at one time, and you're an E4, and like a general walks by talking about killing the president. You're going to shut the fuck up. Like, you're not supposed to be there that day. Yeah. Like, I'm hungover. Dude, I wasn't even supposed to work today. I didn't hear shit. I am barely awake. I puked it like five minutes ago and it's hiding in the side of my really weirdly tall boots. <laughs> Dude, they're just jack boots. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to vomit down my boot. <laughs> I'm going to boot in my boot. Oh, uh, I, I, at that point, I'd be like, fuck. I and hope this is I something still have that goes on. in the fridge. Yeah. Oh, where's my fucking relief? He's 30 <laughs> minutes late. And this is something that happens throughout the entire movie. Like, if there's a hallway and they're walking down it, they're shoulder to shoulder. That was a constant joke while we were watching. Yes, they're, they're talking about killing Hitler, like, in the open. And even if they're not, they're openly talking about other people who are connected yeah. to the plot. Like, like the yeah. one thing you don't want to give out is, like, the the strings connecting all the dots on the wall and they're just like talking about it in the fucking chow hall. <laughs> we got Fern over there. Fern, raise your hand. Yeah. hey <laughs> So, Colonel Stauffenberg, yes, my brother is invited. Raise your hand, sir. Yes, he's, see him across the room. We're gonna kill Hitler! <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> We're gonna kill Hitler! Oh, yeah, I like cake. <laughs> no, no. Okay, yeah, oh, we, we oh, will we're going to kill Hitler. Okay. <laughs> but cake sounds good, too. Yeah. And, and, and then, like, nobody ever hears anything. Yeah. Which is starting to make a lot more sense why the Germans lost this war, because they're f- apparently fucking oblivious. I mean, I'm oblivious as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally guilty of that. I get lost on my way home all the time. <laughs> oh, wait, you know, nope, this nope. Is, that's the brain damage. My bad. This is the first house I've been to where I haven't had to use directions. From my house. You live 20 feet away from me. It's 
Great. <laughs> I'd like to say that. Uh, the movie finally gets back to Tom Cruise, who is recovering in the hospital and has been turned into the worst pirate ever. Um, and he can't like button his shirt anymore because he's like claw hands, <laughs> uh, claw hand. Okay. Friendly reminder here. It's totally okay to insult wounded soldiers if they're Nazis. So yes, take very. that claw pirate, you bitch. <laughs> he was giving out the awards too. Yeah. <laughs> like the fucking best. And all I could, every time he throw an award on their chest, like, here you go, bitch. Yeah. Here you go, make you it, bitch. Make it hail. Yeah. He can't make it rain because it's not cash. He has to make it hail because they're coins. But like his hand is effectively the claw grabbing machine <laughs> from a shitty carnival. <laughs> uh, after, so after he hands out all those uh, those medals to the wound, they're called wound badges uh, to German soldiers. It becomes clear that Stauffenberg has joined the plot to kill Hitler and is invited to uh, to one of their meetings. And like that whole scene of him handing out medals is supposed to be pretty poignant, I assume, to less jaded and bitter people watching the movie. But it looks really weird because, like, nobody around him is that badly wounded as he is. Like, there's that one dude that just, like, there's, like, a cut across his cheek. Yeah, he has, like, some, like, scratches. <laughs> yeah. Like, fucking the cat or yeah. something got he, him. Yeah, he he actually was wounded by a cat on the Eastern Front. It was a real mean pussy. Yeah. And... <laughs> Those Russian pussies. When, yeah. Uh. And like he's like handing wound badges out to everybody, like, dude, you're and he's wearing like a white jacket, which yeah. I'm sure is a dress uniform it for the is. Nazis. And I really don't they give a, a fuck. They have a lot. They have yeah. a lot. But like it, it just looks stupid. It, and that's something that, that happens throughout this whole movie. Every time they try to have like a poignant scene, we laughed at it. Yeah, it's we like, did. It's objectively <laughs> funny. Like it's just the idea of this guy holding like like almost like a ring bearer. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, here we go. Yep. Ah, here you go, you bitch. Yep. Make it rain. Here you go, you pussy. <laughs> nice scratch on your face. I don't have any fucking hands, you <laughs> asshole. Um, and so he, Stauffenberg starts attending this meeting. And like, I don't know about you. You've, you've maybe you've never been to like, a, you're not a political guy. I've been to, I've been to several political meetings. And this is actually maybe an accidental great representation of every political meeting I've ever been to. Is uh, it? Yeah. Because it's a whole bunch of people who like fancy like they're like fancy boys they're you know they're they're wearing whatever clothes they need to subscribe to whatever subculture they they agree with and they're just arguing about small details while accomplishing absolutely nothing shout out to olympia what's up guys um (laughs) but yeah that's pretty much every political gathering i've ever been to and like nothing gets done they'll they'll sit around in circles and like argue about like bylaws that are completely unimportant and in the end of the day you might have some kind of agreement of like what color the curtains to the room are and that's anything else like that's pretty much it yeah it's completely pointless okay <laughs> I, i'm completely i have I'm completely no desire disenfra- to go i'm completely disenfranchised y'all <laughs> i don't know what you want me to tell you um so Stauffenberg waltzes into that meeting and pretty much takes control. Like, I just want to point out also, this dude has, I don't know, do you, uh, big dick energy, I guess, oh, throughout yeah, the whole movie. He definitely has big dick energy, throughout which the is whole weird. Movie. For, it's, it's weird to me to say that Tom Cruise has big dick energy, but I, I, I believe BDE is pretty apt here. Because, I think the like, Jack Boots gave him a few inches, you know. I don't know. Uh, he, he's been always kind of a mini badass as as much as any Nazi has been. Um, like he just he's a colonel, which I mean, not a low rank by any means. He's been in the military since like 1930. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. But 
this room is full of generals and field marshals. Yes. Like, and he's like, no, this is what we're going to do. Listen up, y'all. Cause and they're like, we're listening. He replaced <laughs> a dude named Oster. Yeah. I call him Oyster for, my, for me. General Oyster. General Oyster. Yeah. And uh, this guy goes, the good thing about Oster hosting the parties, he never talked. And they all had did their fucking laugh. Right. So they're basically talk, like, talking shit on him. It reminds me of that meme where it's like the family guy meme where Meg walks down the stairs. <laughs> it's like, you, get, you guys always think you're better than me. And then it pans to the rest of the family sitting in suits around the living room. Like, that's pretty much what happened when Stauffenberg walked into the room. And which is dumb to me because, like, it makes Stauffenberg look like an outsider when, like, in real life, his brother and cousin were involved. And Stauffenberg is re- related to German nobility. Like his real name, his full title name is like uh, Klaus Graf von Schenk Stauffenberg. He's a baron. He's like quite literally aristocracy, which Jesus. all these people are as well. So like this movie tries to play him as an outsider when that was just never the case. Right? They, uh, like they weren't cool with him. Right. He and wasn't. He, he wasn't part of the clique at the point. Nah, he was definitely part of the crew that would be yeah. playing this shit. And then oh, after that scene, the nighttime raid, the liberators. When he oh yeah, when he gets bombed. Yeah. So uh yeah, going back to his family, uh they go Stauffenberg goes back to his house and uh his kids dress up in Nazi uniforms and march <laughs> around. They're it's it at first sounded like goose stepping and then it looked Oh, they totally were. And like his kid was wearing his officer's hat and throwing up the Hitler salute. And you know, I feel like Tom Cruise is only upset because his kids Stolen at Valor. home. Well, his kids oh, at home okay. normally dress up as the Sea Org. And like, <laughs> he was like, that's not the right fascist symbol. And then, um, so another really poignant scene that we laugh at is like, his family takes over from an air raid, which Nick points out is probably the British. Yeah, uh, nighttime. Yeah, the nighttime Liberator raids. Night Raids. And then like Wagner's Flight of the Valkyries play in the background. Get it? Get it? The movie's Valkyrie. Are you understanding the point? Now, like, it. It's not like <laughs> ham fisted. The whole fist is ham. Well, that's if you it's just know that song. Fist. Who what? Who does not know Wagner's Flight of the Valkyries? I can fucking name off twenty people off my contact list that probably you're in the army that does not count. <laughs> okay, all right. You know that's fair. That's that not even really discriminatory. Fair. That's that is totally really fair. fair. No, it is. And what's even funnier is Stauffenberg's uh, relatives openly. So Wagner is really popular. Um, current day with like neo-nazi types and stuff but he was really popular as part of like um he 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 was folded into the greater nazis are the um the or the germans are the Aryan race type shit because look how great this music is right but uh, stauffenberg actually hated wagner like really? the real oh, guy yeah. didn't like okay. him and like they, <laughs> i feel like brian singer slid that in there as like a diss. Like, <laughs> Go fuck yourself, Klaus. You one-eyed bitch. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, his own family's like, he hated Wagner. He would not be listening to that. I wonder if while he's in the bunker, he's like, fitting. Just yeah. listening to that bullshit. Anyway, uh, Stauffenberg begins to unveil his plans to overthrow Hitler, and that is Plan Valkyrie. Uh, a contingency plan that really did exist. Uh, in the case of civil unrest, the German Reserve Army would seize and secure the state from the outside agitators. Uh, but the, for the, in order for this whole plan to work, it would require them to rewrite Valkyrie, totally excluding the SS, uh, giving them the ability to deploy the Reserve Army against the SS, saying that they had killed Hitler and were staging a coup. 
that is all things that happen. Can I, the scene that you're basically explaining, before they get to the uh, reserve general that basically just is in charge of the whole reserve army. That's General the, Fromm. Yeah. There we go, General Fromm. Before they get to them, they're talking about it in another hallway. Yes. On their way to his office. Yeah, on their way, like full of, and you know, Fromm has probably like 10 people that work directly for him. They're like, are they talking about Fromm being a traitor? Must have just heard things. Like, there. I, I, at this point throughout the whole movie, I'm just like, oh, yes, another hallway. Perfect time. <laughs> I can think of no better time to talk about high treason. <laughs> yes. Um, but so they have to win over General Fromm because he commands the reserve army. Um, so they have to go meet him. And upon meeting him, from immediately insults Stauffenberg for having his hand blown off, which is like weird flex, but all right. Like he says, I'd shake really your is. hand, but I'd afraid you, I would never get it back. Yeah. Which is like, fuck you, buddy. <laughs> yeah. You don't even know me. <laughs> My stump is cool. Yeah. Um, so once in his office, Stauffenberg immediately rolls out the treason sales pitch. He, uh, Really straightforward. If, if Fromm backs the plot, Fromm would earn a promotion. If he shoots them down, uh, like, so, and then Fromm's pragmatic, which ends up biting him in the ass in the end. He knows this plan isn't going to work. Like, because like I said a million times, the Nazis did a really good job at forming a police state. If you're terrified of Hitler, you're never going to act against Hitler. And that's where Fromm kind of buys in. Uh, he tells them as long as Hitler is alive, he would be on Hitler's side. Well, shit, that's easy. We just got to kill Hitler. Then Fromm's <laughs> ours, right? <sighs> and then they go to a party um, where Stauffenberg slips his fucking fake eye into somebody's drink to get their attention, which, admittedly, something I would do all the fucking time if I had a fake eye. I, I Yeah, I would too. That I enjoy also, doing it's that. weird that they did this because Do you think he chilled his eye because i would hope so i mean otherwise he's gonna ruin the whiskey yeah because up until this point stoffenberg has never once put a fake eye in it's true he only slips in some dude's drink which honestly that, that, that's like how i see dan crenshaw finally asking yes. out aoc is like she's gonna go to a congressional meeting and there's gonna be an eye floating in her fucking cucumber water or whatever what what, what kind of eye would he use it's probably going to be like a fake guy with like a Texas state flag in the middle. Oh, I was thinking like his number. Oh, that is his number. You actually just pick up your phone and just fucking scream, Alexa, Texas. And it just calls Dan Crenshaw because he's the most Texas man to ever exist. Jesus. That's As someone awesome. who owns property in the state of Texas, I'm allowed to say that. <laughs> so, but also says everybody else because Texas sucks. I also imagine like at the end of that scene, like, Fucking Stauffenberg is like, time to put the old eye back in. (laughs) It stings because all the ugly. I should have rinsed this off. Yeah. Oh, it's covered in whiskey. (laughs) Committed. Already committed. Yeah. Just blink really. As somebody, I wear contacts every day, and like that's like, I can't imagine defense. Yeah, like I can't just blink really fast and hope the tears take over. But. You know, I'm just going to fill my eyeglass cases up with, like, German whiskey and see what happens. <laughs> ah, uh... All I see is schnapps. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Um, and then, uh, as any good high treason plot does, Stauffenberg begins dictating his new Valkyrie plan to oh his my secretary. God. 
under a fucking bridge. Yes, this whole meeting took place under light. a bridge. Like the most inconspicuous fucking people on earth. These guys live in Berlin. Like the the hive of Nazi activity. I hope you in understand Nazi this Germany. has to be done under the bridge. The hallway is quite full at this point. We're g- like even though every single person that's currently talking has their own office. They really or, do. Or let's let's just say maybe their their office is bugged because like in that uh, in that scene where they're talking to Fromm, yeah, Fromm unplugs his phone shit. because he assumes that the Gestapo has bugged his office. Which sure, probably wiretaps, you know. Yeah, um, but like they all have houses. But no, let's go to let let's act like a bunch of trolls and hang out under the bridge. Not the Red Hot Chili Pepper song under the bridge. They have a song called Under the Bridge. Yeah, I'm. I'm assuming like every Red Hot Chili Pepper song, it's about how cool weed is, and also California is kind of cool. I like Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, you're from California. You're contractually obligated to like. They have Red good Hot music. Peppers. It's like I cannot legally badmouth Eminem or the White Stripes. All children who listened to Eminem in my school that were white smelled of like secondhand smoke and cat piss. I mean, I probably also smelled that way, including cat piss. Probably. If you live in it enough, you don't smell it anymore. No, oh, yeah. Same reason why that smelly kid that comes to work or school every day, like, how does he not smell that? Because that's probably what his house smells like, too. Yeah? You are the true Eminem kid at school. No, because I had no talent. <laughs> I was never No, you were the anything. kid that listened to Eminem at school. Oh, definitely. You were definitely I that totally kid. Listened, I listened to ICP when I was in school, too, like middle school, because I thought it was edgy really? and cool. Well, I mean, when you're in middle school, your taste is terrible. That's really true. Like, I thought the chicken fucker episode of South Park was like the the pinnacle of comedy because it's just, huh, 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 that that guy's fucking a chicken. So, of course, I thought ICP was entertaining. Like Red Rocket, that episode? Not the same episode, but same idea. No, uh, yeah, that that was my middle school episode yeah. for me. Yeah, I mean, like, I wanted to be, like, I thought that was funny. Then, you, like, if I watched or listened to that now, it's hilarious in a different way because how stupid it is. Very. And I thought Eminem was like the peak of edgy because, like, I was listening to the song Kim, I think it was like second album or something like that. I'm like, he's killing his wife. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm 30, almost 31. And I listen, like, oh my God, it's domestic abuse. <laughs> this is horrible. That didn't age well. No, nothing about middle school aged yeah. well. If you're as old as I am, nothing about middle school aged well. I watched a movie the other day, if you remember, Waiting. Yes, oh my God, that, that movie is terrible. It's literally nothing but homophobic slurs and sexual harassment so yeah, for two when hours. when I was younger, oh, this movie's great, it's so funny. And then you watch it now and you're kind of like, mm-hmm. Like American Pie. I grew up with American Pie. It was a little bit before your time. You caught like the, the tail end of that. Like, revenge porn is within 20 minutes of the first movie. Like, uh, Jason Biggs' character would be in prison for, like, five years for what he did. <laughs> oh, man. Good times. Yeah. 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 Things age badly. They um, really do. Anyway, back to the Nazis, which also <laughs> age badly. Age really bad. That's a good pivot there. Yeah. Um, so, they're talking about, like, because the, the, the start of Operation Valkyrie is the fewer... Adolf Hitler is dead. Jeez. And then, like, she's typing it and then looks at him all concerned. Like, really confused Wait, and is concerned. Is this why you invited yeah. me under the stink bridge of the Nolan? When, when Hitler and death are in the same sentence, that's the look you give. Like, she looks at him super concerned, like, oh, oh, this is treason. Yeah, she, like, they invited you under that bridge for a reason, Broomhilda. 
Hitler dead. What? <laughs> what, 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 what? <laughs> and then uh, Stauffenberg is promoted to chief of staff of the reserve army. And uh, so his revised um, plan, it has to get signed by Hitler for it to be final. Um, as part of his new position, Stauffenberg gets a aide, uh, which so they bring the aide in for a kind of like a job interview. He was really straightforward with that aide. Yeah. So he looks at him and says um, he's in the middle of committing high treason with like every uh, means that, that are available to him. Are you OK with that? And the LT just like shrugs like, yeah, fuck it. I'm in whatever. And like from now there's a lot of historical sources that point out that, that exact conversation actually happened. Now, I want to know. Which is ballsy as fuck. It like, is. Big dick energy. Like maybe that's what it was. Yeah, he just makes eye contact and he's like, single eye contact, <laughs> not both eyes. Yeah, he aims for the, the T slot. Like, <laughs> and he's like, gonna kill Hitler, and the LT's like, yeah, right. Just don't look at me ever again. <laughs> <laughs> just please never eye me like that. And so it's so they they have um an interview with Hitler at Berchtesgaden. And this is where like real life and um, the movie kind of take a, a turn. And Brian Singer has actually openly said, I did this to not confuse people. So there's a meeting in the movie where Stauffenberg meets Hitler to get Operation Valkyrie personally signed, which has never happened. Um, remember, Stauffenberg might be a chief of staff, but he's still just a colonel. Yeah. Um, in reality, what happened is the plot was for the first plot because Stauffenberg had two plots to kill Hitler, both of them with a bomb. Um, the first one was that Burgess gone and um, was abandoned. Um, in the movie, they just turned it into a meeting with Hitler, which as far as anybody knows, just never happened. Um, in order to get Valkyrie signed by Hitler, like most things in the military, it involves weeks of sending paper back and forth by General Obricht. Um, who was the one person up in the chain of command to, and also in the plot from uh, from Stauffenberg. So this this scene never fucking happened. Uh, but what's really funny is that's the first time in the whole movie that he puts his fake eye yeah. in because Hitler that's just can't stand part. to look at his fucked up face or something. It's like, oh, seeing the fear, I got to put in my dress eye. Yeah. <laughs> my whole thing is he should have gone in there with the eye patch and said, hey, uh, Adolf, old boy. Uh, this eye patch is a talking piece, and uh, it's peacocking for Nazis. Yeah, <laughs> I hope you like my Hitler appreciation eye patch. Yeah, it's, it's just got like, your face on it. It it just says Hitler, and he flips it up where it flips up. It says forever, but like the number four, and like <laughs> yeah. a heart around it. But in the movie, because Hitler's a doddering old idiot, he just tells everybody in the in the meeting room, just like Himmler and Goebbels yeah. and everybody else, because it's like the fucking evil triangle of Nazis and uh, he just signs it because he's an idiot. So also what do you think all three of them talked about just Uh, hanging out together? Poop stuff. Like they're probably all in a weird, like, so you know, you know, the, the overarching like ideas like Hitler either is missing a testicle or he's into like weird sex stuff. Well, Robert Evans behind the bastard did like a full episode about Hitler's sex life. And like they That's were awesome. all, they were, it, it's fucked up, but like <laughs> it's all, they were all really cool fucking their cousins. Like Hitler fucked like two of his cousins. Mm. Yeah. One of them. So 
because we're talking about Hitler's sex life, and I want to make everybody know the things that I know because this is why you're here. Um, he had a love affair. Like he wasn't fucking his cousin. He was in love with his cousin. Um, like full Alabama love here. And he kind of like ghosted her, so she killed herself. Oh, I did hear yeah. about this. Yeah, like shot herself yeah. with his handgun. Yeah. Well, but that's probably what they talked about. I was like, so uh, fucking a good cousins lately. And like everybody in the room, there's just so much. Also, tension. all of Goebbels' kids' first names start with the letter H, out of like reverence to Hitler. Maybe they fucked Hitler and Goebbels. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Goebbels uh, like cucked his cucked himself to yeah. Hitler, so Hitler would fuck his wife. That's totally something they would do. It's in the closet, but like all fully clothed, and they just unzip enough to slip their dickhead through. That'd be really nasty with some wool on. Yeah. Wearing like full wool uniforms, just fucking through the fly, yeah. but also through a hole in the sheet because you got to stay pure to be an Aryan. It's true. While bone dry. <laughs> the wool doesn't help. Magda Goebbels was not allowed to be wet because that is Untermensch. <laughs> God. <laughs> I wanted to say something about the room thing. Like, there's a lot of tension in the room the whole time that Stoffenberg is in there. I just want to move forward now. <laughs> but you don't want to picture the fucking Goebbels having sex? I don't want to picture either one of them. <laughs> All I had to say was that Hitler and Goebbels probably for sure fucked. You know, and so Eli Roth, um, and um, so he was in a. Uh, Glorious Bastards is like the Bear Jew and that was directed by Quentin Tarantino. So like we have to blame them for what I think is the only sex scene that jo- uh, Joseph Goebbels character ever had. Oh, yes. Oh, fuck. Yeah. And he's frantically <laughs> banging some chick from behind fully dressed. <laughs> yes. And like screaming. <laughs> and she's just like, we should go get like strudel later. Yeah. Like no care in the world. No, no, because he's, he's got he definitely got a baby dick. For sure. Um, baby dick. Baby baby dick energy. Yeah. Explain, explains like. all the racism. Um, so after this meeting, um, they begin to get all of their bomb materials together from another Nazi who kind of looks like a human thumb wearing glasses. Very. Um, the idea was the bomb didn't need to be super powerful because one needs to be able to be carried on your person or in Stauffenberg's case, like a satchel. A which, man's bag. Which also, I really just wanted one of those leather sweet bags. It just reminds me of the Friends episode where Joey got a man's bag and he and it was everybody's called it a purse. Um, and Hitler had a tendency to... Would I carry my laptop in it? I don't know. Nope, just sandwiches and bombs. Yeah, I'd carry sandwich or soup. Just, just a, a satchel full yeah. of soup. <laughs> what do you carry in there? Ah. Do I hear sloshing? Soup. <laughs> What is chicken noodle? Ah, good choice. That's just in this compartment. (laughs) Check out the laptop compartment. Clam chowder. Oh, that smells so bad. That smells terrible. Imagine clam chowder just fermenting in your satchel. Yeah, because I definitely would forget about it. Uh, I for sure would. I forget about my lunch every day. Uh, (laughs) Like with the protein? Here you have a shaker bottle. (laughs) Oh, when was the last time I opened this? Oh, God. And it smells like the taint of Satan himself. <coughs> oh, well, the idea behind their bomb was it could be small because Hitler had always had their uh, meetings 
in a bunker, like a reinforced concrete bunker, and then the air pressure when the bomb went off would um, would effectively liquefy the insides of everybody that happened to be at the meeting. Um, then they began to fuck with the reserve army by randomly ordering them to mobilize. Yeah. Um, now this made sense, honestly. If you condition them to just be constantly mobilized, when the night, when the day actually comes, they're not going to miss it. Keep them on their toes. Yeah, and that angered their commander, who happens to be swimming laps in a pool decorated with giant swastikas made yeah. of tiles, because of course it is. And I don't know why him getting out of the pool. It totally just brought me back to Casino Royale with Daniel Craig coming <laughs> out of the water. He, I don't know why I wanted to see that. I'm not saying I believe phrenology or like Nazi racism. I'm going to go ahead and say if there is a master race, like a multinational master race, Daniel Craig is definitely part of it because that dude's a snack. Yeah, he is. (laughs) Oh, my God. He's a fucking snack. I'd let him get me pregnant. Oh, definitely. Um, Now I want to play Battlefield 5. (laughs) So meanwhile, Staffenberg uh, flies out east to attend his fateful meeting at the Wolf's Lair. Also... When they're assembling this reserve army, yeah. these guys are picking up helmets off a shelf. Yeah, like, they're, they're just, just rushing shelves from their of bunk fucking beds. helmets and then weapons along the uh, on the like weapons racks. Yeah. First of all, I know for a fact with my luck, somebody would definitely grab my helmet. And I'd, oh, definitely. Who has my helmet? That happened all the time, like, and our helmets have fucking name tags on them, like emblazoned all over them, and like people still grab them. Like somebody grabbed yours. All the time. Like I, whenever you have like, um, like in basic training, when like ready, oh, line! very okay, ready, like you're just scrambling for shit. Like I'd find my vest and like my helmet's gone, whatever. There's a helmet, like oh fuck, and then you have to like think thin and like squeeze the chin strap in. <laughs> yeah, it's when you can't talk. Yeah, it's one of those yeah. types of squeezes. You're just like clenching your teeth. I've definitely uh, put one on that was way too big. Yeah, that was pretty much all of mine forever until the ACH came out. Mm. When, when we had the old K-Pot, because the K-Pot never really fit anybody. That's uh, before me? Yeah, it's a little bit before you. Showing my age. You really are. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Before this goes in any more of mine with your, with your goddamn kids and your jewels and your Fortnite, uh, <laughs> Stauffenberg flies out east to meet with Hitler at the Wolf Slayer, which is kind of funny. So... Uh, Hitler named a lot of things Wolf. If if people haven't noticed, that's because that was a nickname that he gave himself during if his you early give days. Yourself a nickname? It's not cool. No, like during the beer hall push, he like demanded people called him Wolf and dumb shit like that. Like it was his code name. Yeah, you know, I never had a nickname that I ever fucking picked for myself. Yeah, I never had a nickname that was cool. Like, the second you make a nickname for you, it's not a nickname. It's yeah. something to be mocked by. Like, I had a couple nicknames while I was in the military. One of them was Ass, because, like, I had I have Ass in the middle of my last name, if you haven't noticed yet. And another one was Clydesdale, because my legs are big, and I can carry a lot of weight. It's my code name. If, if I'm a fascist dictator, I'm like, call me Clydesdale. Fuck no. You just remember the fucking horses from the Budweiser commercial. Mine was dumb. penis wrinkle for a little bit. I can see that. I can't. I don't know how you can. <laughs> you kind of look like one. I don't look like a wrinkle at all. <laughs> I don't know who resembles a wrinkle other than... Also, I don't know what a penis wrinkle is. Of what a penis wrinkle is? Yeah. All right. 
Take your dick out right now and look for a single wrinkle. I mean, there's That's plenty of wrinkles, like. but like nobody ever looks like one. Exactly, which is why I guess I was one. I guess you just look like know. a circumcised penis. I mean, it's better than an uncircumcised one. Well, an uncircumcised penis have significantly less wrinkles. True. So, you know, take it for what's worth. Ah, I took it for take it for that, that was my name. Two. Yeah. That that was my name. I mean, because yeah, like Hitler was in the in the German army during World War One. So like you know he had a significantly worse nickname. At he the had front. a way. He was the dude that got bitched on for sure. Hey, shit dick! <laughs> My name is not shit dick. It is Wolf. You will call me Wolf. <laughs> shit dick, get up they here! Just fuck him up. And with he's just that sitting helmet. there smoldering with his shitty little mustache. And like when he became like, you you know there was someone who like actually liked his political ideas. Like, hey, I remember shit dick when he was just a corporal. And like, that dude got executed immediately. I am, I am Wolf now. You will call me Wolf. I hope there's some dude. Shit dick. <laughs> At the Nuremberg rallies. <laughs> all the way in the back. <laughs> Shit dick. Just wait. <laughs> there's another dude. The vets <laughs> on the other side. Yeah. I remember, I remember Shit, Shit dick. dick. Like. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So he he. He called his entire lair the wolf slayer because he's lame as fuck. Um, and then in the movie, because we've already explained that there's the, the initial attempt was at the Berchtesgaden. And in the movie, um, the initial attempt is abandoned because Heinrich Himmler isn't there, um, which is kind of a big problem because he was supposed to be one of the, one of the major targets, um, forcing him to call off the attack. During um, that process of them saying, hey, Himmler is not here and it has to go down the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I imagine once it got down the line, it was totally, completely different. It was literally the definition of the game of telephone. Yes. Because they're using the old, like, cord where you have to plug in to talk to the next person, the next person, the next person. By the time it gets down to, like, General Ulbricht, it's like, Sir, Colonel Stauffenberg says, uh, the turkey is very moist. I, I, I don't know what that means. Moist turkey. Is that a code word? Something's wrong. Turkey moist? Yeah. He says, Himmler is not at the moist turkey. I don't know what he's talking about. Uh, whatever. That's what I honestly... And then it has to go back up, which is awesome. But by the time it gets back to Stauffenberg, it's just birds screeching. <laughs> <laughs> Ulbricht says, Tuki-tuki! <laughs> and then he lowers the phone, looking directly at the camera in his steely one-eyed... Tom Cruise gaze like the general says caca caca <laughs> that means I have to abandon the attack also he wore an eye patch in the wolf layer I don't think yeah. Hitler liked that no Hitler was definitely because like remembers like ah mein Fuhrer you remember Colonel Stauffenberg and he just looks over at him like disdainfully where is your eye sir <laughs> well you see I have a different eye patch from the last time yeah you see I I dunked my eye in whiskey, sir, and I can no longer use it. Um, and so it leads him to call off the attack, and they end up going and talk to Fromm again, which kind of leads to a um, an inadvertently hilarious scene where Stauffenberg is forced to throw up a Hitler salute. And because you give the salute with your left hand, was it right hand? Right hand. Right hand. You're forced to give the salute with the right hand. That happens to be the hand that Stauffenberg is missing. He gives missing. the right stump. Yeah, so he like throws up his gnarled stump, and then you get a wonderful, wonderful scene of 
Tom Cruise screaming Heil Hitler, which I'm sure he doesn't regret at all. Oh, <laughs> man, I really hope he would. And, you know, the whole scene ends up looking really dumb because, like, I know this is supposed to be poignant again. Every time they try to be poignant, they look stupid and yeah. we laugh at them. Yes, very. Like, oh, he's trying to show his loyalty to Hitler. Cost him a hand. Yeah. This is deep. Yeah. Let's make this. Let's do it. So fucking deep, guys. Anyway, Stauffenberg and his boys decide to go head out the plan the next day at another meeting. Yes, Wolf but, Slayer Part 2. Yeah, Electric Boogaloo. But not really. Um, the weather turns unseasonably hot, uh, moving the meeting to a different room with windows. Not the concrete bunker, but he's planned for. Again, this is something that actually happened. Um, they planned for the uh, the concrete bunker. They got a, a room with windows because AC hadn't been invented yet. Or they just live in Washington State. Yeah. Nobody owns fucking AC. It's awful here. Uh, My house has AC. Fuck you, sir. You bougie bitch. Uh, it's so good. <laughs> Once inside the meeting, Stauffenberg is forced to set up his bomb. Um, which... so. You end up getting a pretty glaring lesson on the fact he has about one half of a whole hand to himself. Um, his aide has to pretty much do everything for him, making him to have to rush the job, only to set up about half the bomb. Because if you're setting out to kill the most powerful man in your country, you, you send the half-blind yeah. fucking cripple to do yep. it. Yep. Because like, if, if somebody was plotting to kill an American president, you send Helen Keller. I would. Who would expect that? It's fair. I wouldn't expect Helen Keller also, to, to merc the commander in chief. do not know how I would explain to her the plan. <laughs> that would be really hard. She knows sign language. You just have to like... I don't know sign language. Well, then you're fucked. Exactly. So I'd have to be like... Braille? Get a uh, translator. <laughs> no, with me, it'd probably be like, uh, I know how to make dots. <laughs> I can spell out the with dots. What I'm getting here is Helen Keller's weapon of mass destruction. Yeah, smarter than me. Oh, dude, Helen Keller is definitely smarter than me. Oh, very. Um, Also completely off topic here. So how do you know Helen Keller? You probably know from a movie you were forced to watch in school. Very, yes. Um, You know, there's a reason why that actually stopped when she she became like 10 or 11 years old, right? Like the movie just kind of ends. Yeah. Because she became a socialist organizer. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. She went super left wing. Didn't know that. Yeah, and everybody's like, <gasps> she's a communist. <laughs> we'll never speak of Helen Keller again. We must silence her. Because even, oh. a, even a blind and deaf woman could see capitalism as fucking bad. But <laughs> whatever. Um, so once inside the meeting. Um, he also had, still wearing an eye patch during the brief. Yeah. Well, you know, he, he's, he's boys with Hitler now. He's, he doesn't got to dress up with his eye anymore. Right. And, um, and then, by the way, these bombs we're looking at here—they're about the size of palm of your hand, an iPad. Oh, it's like plastic explosive. Yeah, you know, um, maybe a note. Yeah, it also operates much like a note in which it explodes when you don't <laughs> need it to. Very. Uh, um, so Stauffenberg places his bag, which is carrying the bomb, under the table. No soup in it. No soup in nor the bag. sandwiches. Now, a lot of people say that this happened. Or that the conclusion of this happened. Because Stauffenberg placed the bag under a particularly heavy leg of the table. A load-bearing leg, which mm. sounds like every leg of a table to me. But yeah. 
It's not like that one leg is supporting the no. whole table. Um, for me, it sounds like they thought they were going to be in a bunker. My left leg is my load-bearing leg. And two, if they just put a, a grip full of nails in that bitch, everybody would be dead. Or... Create some kind of shrapnel. Do the bomb. Yeah. Pour soup on it. I mean, then they would just be sashed, but also exploded. Yes. Hot soup. You know, for me... Possibly w- even sticky. You know, when I was fighting the Taliban, the, the, the main thing I was worried about was like an IED just full of Campbell's. <laughs> it's like, mother of God, it's minestrone. <laughs> oh, I'm sticky. Fuck. Oh, that's kind of gross. Um, one of the parts of his plot was like he had to wait for a phone call. That phone call would give him a reason to leave the room, at which point he would just haul ass. Right. In this scene, you totally see Mission Impossible. Right. Without the finesse, because he definitely leaves shit behind. Yeah, he leaves his hat behind, he leaves his pistol belt behind, and he walks out, which makes him kind of stick out, because he's the only dude not in the meeting with Hitler. And he's the only guy with one hand there and an eye patch. Yeah, Stauffenberg doesn't exactly melt into a fucking crowd. Especially when he's not wearing a cover or his pistol belt that he walked in there with. Yeah. It's kind of obvious. As he's walking out to his car... There's Aiden it, the bomb goes off, and then like they have to haul ass. Back in Berlin, the reserve reserve army is mobilized once again, this time to activate the Operation Valkyrie. But this is not before a whole lot of welfling. Right. Can we talk about the driver on their way to the uh the plane? Oh, like the guy who did not know he was actually involved in a plot? Yeah. So he starts noticing like we're leaving already? All right, cool. And we'll then like leave. his fucking nervous. Because like because of how fucked up Stauffenberg's hand is, they only can activate half the bomb. So, like, they throw the other half out, which he totally sees. Yeah, right. Dude, he throws it out on the same one road that they he has to use to go back to the wolf slayer. Yeah. I feel like they could just go back and be like, that's a bomb. Yeah, the driver is just playing a game called, what am I an accessory to today? <laughs> oh, man. Um, and he's a snitch bitch. Yeah, he is. I mean, uh, I don't blame him. He did, they didn't fucking succeed. Very true. So, um, soon the reserve army is like mobilized again because um, Operation Valkyrie. The plotters put the out movie. Yeah, <gasps> he <laughs> said circle it. back around again. <laughs> yeah. uh, the plotters put out information: Adolf Hitler is dead, and the SS is attempting to take over the government. <gasps> dun dun dun. It's like the Law and Order that I might actually watch. Really? Yeah. I haven't seen. Uh, I would that. totally watch a Law and Order Nazi Law and Order drama about like the Gestapo. Like not because it would be like good and wholesome, but because like I feel like it would end the same for every episode. Yeah, they die. Yeah, pretty much. Execution. Execution. Yeah, we're Execution. not really sure about this one, but we're gonna kill him. Oh, okay. He was innocent. And so the the plotters. Of the uh, the plotters for the the Operation Valkyrie confront Fromm, saying Hitler's dead. Operation Valkyrie is in effect. At the same time, General Fromm calls the Wolf Lair and finds out that Hitler's alive. But it doesn't matter because Stauffenberg disorders him arrested because he just keeps repeating, "I saw the bomb go off." Like, there's Hitler's definitely dead. I saw the bomb go off. Which, admittedly, like if you see the pictures, like the real life pictures of the room, that after room the bomb was fucked. Off, like the bomb, the bomb completely obliterated the room. It's yeah. 
absolutely insane that Hitler survived. Um, the reserve army fans out to start taking over public buildings of Berlin and the garrisons all across greater Germany and to include the areas that the third Reich controls. Um, and then soldiers are sent to secure the SS headquarters in Berlin, which surrenders without a fight because the SS are a bunch of political pussies who don't fight. Um, and that was when, so there is a competing area, which is like a teletype area where, like, Oh yeah. Yeah. You have a whole bunch of operators passing messages around and orders and things like that. And they're kind of the middle ground. They're like their officer in charge says like, it's not our job to interpret the messages. It's our job to pass the matches messages around. And it's then they receive a Super arrest warrant confusing. for Stauffenberg. Super confusing. And an arrest warrant for Goebbels at the same time. So they push from both Stauffenberg. Of them. Yeah. Well, they, they Stauffenberg passes an arrest warrant for Goebbels, while at the same time the surviving government, because Hitler isn't dead, pass an arrest warrant for Stauffenberg. And they get them both at the same time. So they pass them both around. Um, so the reserve army, uh, who is led by a, a major who's never really named, um, is sent to the mini- uh, ministry of propaganda where he meets Joseph Goebbels himself. Yeah. Um, who actually like has a, he, he has a plan. He's Goebbels is a conniving bitch like that. He's like prepping a cyanide yeah, capsule. He put, yeah. He puts a cyanide capsule in his mouth, which I was hoping he was going to fucking take a the nice world, big old chunk on. The world would be a better place if Joseph Goebbels was never born. Very. And Hitler and very every Nazi who's ever existed. Uh, but <laughs> to include current day neo-Nazis, throw them all under the sun. But um, so Goebbels' plan is when that major starts walking up the steps, he says, Major, are you a dedicated national socialist? He's like, well, of course I am, sir. And so he... Picks up the phone and Hitler's on the other end and hands him the phone. That's this scene made us laugh. And it, it did make me laugh, but also this happened. This really did yeah. happen, which is mind blowing to me. But yeah, it's uh, mainly it was the part this guy went to attention once he heard uh, Hitler's voice. Yeah, <laughs> that's what made me fucking laugh. Yeah, I could, I could get the fucking text messages from the commander in chief like right now. I wouldn't go to attention. I'd still team. be shitting. Uh, I, I would send him pig balls. The pooping pig balls <laughs> yes. picture. Um, so Hitler orders the major to take the traitors alive. And uh, as, as the orders continue to pass through the teletype area, the teletype area decides to take sides. Um, because a sergeant very rightfully points out, like, our lives might depend on whose side we take here. So we need to take one. And the officer in charge is like, Okay, cancel all orders coming from Stauffenberg. Pass along all orders coming from the Wolf Slayer. And it's from there that the plot pretty much dies. Definitely goes way south. Yeah. Because it seems like Stauffenberg, it seems like they're getting like really good foothold. Right. And and in the movie, they are. The movie makes it seem like they're much closer to achieving a coup than in reality. But, I mean, if they... Now, if that side really did think that the SS was in a in a coup and shut down the Wolf Slayer, talking something completely different here. But then it's not what happened. Right. Um, Stauffenberg's plotters begin to lose contact with the outside world as their communication network is slowly but surely shut down. That night, radios openly broadcast to everybody that Hitler is alive. 
uh, pretty much shit canning Stauffenberg's plan. Like he tries to like radio broadcast is fake. Hitler is dead. Operation Valkyrie is still in effect, but like nobody's listening anymore. His window is closed. And then Hitler goes on the air. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was the radio. Yeah. It was like, if anybody's ever heard, blah, blah, I'm alive. Everything's fine. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a reason why the radio is so effective in Germany. Like Hitler knew that the the radio was an effective propaganda tool. Like the Third Reich gave out radios to people so they could like contact them directly. It's the old day version of Trump's Twitter account right now. <laughs> like it was really, really good way to quickly pass information or whatever you want to say immediately. Right. Um, because everybody has one. Everybody has a cell phone, you know. Um, so the same reserve army that Stoffberg had been ordered for the coup so far turns against him. And it's been deployed and is now surrounding the building which he is plotting the coup around, which knows the Bendler block. Um, and all the assistants that were there. Everybody knows they're going to die now. Yeah. Well, all those people just started leaving during, like, during this scene. They're just Good choice, leaving. honestly. Oh, yeah, very. But this one girl stays the same secretary that hung out under the bridge. Under the bridge. Stays. Yep. But then he tells her, obviously tells her, you can Run. go. Go. Yeah. Which, I, you wouldn't have to tell me. I already would have been running. Yeah. If I was stopping break, I would have ran hours ago. He would I mean, suck he, at it. I, yeah, he would just be running into corners everywhere. Death perception's fucking yeah. them all up. Um, so, after that, reserve soldiers storm the Bendler block. And it leads to a quick but completely pointless gunfight in the middle of the hallway. Yeah, I didn't understand that part. Stauffenberg managed to get shot in the arm, and then everybody's arrested. His stump arm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also, like he doesn't, he shoots back, but he doesn't hit anything because he has terrible death perception. Um, Saw that coming. Yeah. Uh, Fromm is freed from the closet where he's been being held this whole time. And- Along with this very fat German general. Well, I mean, I imagine most like reserve component officers who are sitting back in Berlin while all this war is kicking off all around them, they probably look like from. No, there's another one. Remember, he was he was going. Oh around yeah, yeah, up, yeah, that guy. Hitler's alive. Hitler's alive. Yeah, yeah. I need a strudel. Somebody get me a goddamn pizza. Yeah. Uh, once Fromm is freed. Uh, he immediately orders all of the plotters arrested and then to be shot in a really bad attempt to hide his knowledge of their plot, which he had known about for probably about a year. Oh, now. yeah. Um, and they're brought out to an execution area, which is now known as the German Resistance Memorial, which we'll talk about a little bit more uh, later. Um and one by one, they're gunned down until they get to Stauffenberg, and then his aide jumps out in front of him to get shot. I wouldn't even say jump. He casually Walked. walks yeah. in front. Like, don't worry, sir. I'll take the first few rounds. And they make eye contact. Yeah. yeah. One um, eye contact. And then Stauffenberg is shot, whose final words are, long live sacred Germany. And then he's, like, blasted away. Um, now... And then it goes to like bits and pieces where it shows the uh, German People's Court, which you talked about in our White Rose episode, where Roland Freiser is screaming at people and then orders them killed as well because it's a kangaroo court. Um, so 
This comes down to Stauffenberg. They turned Klaus von Stauffenberg into a hero, effectively. And they did. And and at the end, the movie is dedicated to the resistance to Nazi Germany by German resistors, which is a tad insulting. Um, so, as most people probably know, and maybe, maybe some people don't, Stauffenberg was not a good guy. No. I am not taking away from anything he did during the July 20 plot, because he re- all this really did happen. Um, he was killed trying to kill Hitler and trying to take over Nazi Germany. And he was not a Nazi party member. He was never an official member of the Nazi party, but that does not mean he was not a problematic dude. Um, for instance, his, his brother, which the movie completely ignores. For sure. His name was Bertold Schenk Graf von Stauffenberg. Um, he, so he was a member of the German Kriegsmarine, and the vast majority of the meetings that the plotters had happened at his apartment. And so, Which is way better than a hallway. So, yeah. Um, well, they did kind of, but not really, acknowledge Berthold at the end you see someone being strung up on a meat hook yeah. by by wire so, to be slowly strangled. That, that is how Berthold died. In the movie, I think that was that one general that was in charge of comms for the wolf lair. Yeah. Um, Which... Now, unlike Klaus, Berthold was captured alive by the Gestapo. Um, now, Berthold pretty much admitted that him and his brother were totally down with being Nazis but not quite um, so one of the things that Berthold was questioned about was the final solution to the Jewish question now known as the Holocaust um, so Berthold Stauffenberg said quote my brother and I basically approved of the racial principles of national socialism but considered to be exaggerated and excessive he went on to state the racial idea has grossly betrayed in this war and that the best German blood is being wasted. While simultaneously, Germany is populated by millions of foreign workers who certainly cannot be described as high racial quality. So, to go further... There's that asshole. Yeah. Stauffenberg was a racist and an anti-Semite who believed in the German concept of the Ubermensch. Um, he believed in the master race. He believed in all of that. Where he drew the line was killing people. Um, he said that um, the well, like the night of the long knives, the night of the broken glass, that was the eye opener for him. Like, oh man, Nazis are kind of bad. Just an eye opener, though. Just, just well, at that point just he had both eyes. Eye. At that point, he still had both but eyes. During the movie, just one eye. Yeah, um, I want to point that out. So this is where I take. I don't know. I I am upset at the end of how, of how this movie ends is like this movie is dedicated to German resistance, but like the people that it shows in the movie being German resistance are all fucking Nazis. Yeah. Um, they're all assholes. They're all career Wehrmacht officers under the third Reich. Now Stauffenberg was not a Nazi member, but he was a fucking Nazi. I don't give a shit when anybody says he believed in Nazi ideology. Meanwhile, the true members of the German resistance, like the, the white rose, and the Edelweiss pirates, who were not Nazis and did not kill anybody, are completely ignored. 
that's where the movie lost me, to be honest, where they set them out to be heroes. Now, it's problematic. Um, Stauffenberg is a contentious character, but he's also the closest thing you could see to being German military resistance. Because to become a colonel while in the Wehrmacht under Hitler, like you're going to have to be kind of a Nazi. And I'm not discounting anything that Stauffenberg did. He died for what he believed in. That's admirable, at least a little bit. But he was still a fucking Nazi. Yeah. And the movie dances around that quite a bit. Because never once has he taught, nobody brings that shit up a single fucking time. The only time uh, Stauffenberg talks about anything is like, oh, the oppression of the Jews is bad. And the German war crimes are eye-opening and awful, but like, it never broaches the subject that he was totally for them. Like, he even defended the colonization of Poland, which, yeah. by proxy, supports the liquidation of the Polish people. So, fuck you, Stauffenberg, you bitch. <laughs> like, in my perfect world, he would have succeeded in killing Hitler and then been fucking executed anyway. So, fuck you. <laughs> Pretty sure he still would have got gotten. I would like to think so. I don't know. He so Stauffenberg never actually committed any war crimes. I feel like I need to point that out. Like he never took part in any pogroms. He never, as far as anybody, except that hideous eye patch. I mean, he couldn't. He didn't have a fucking eye. That's not his fault. Am I right? No, I'm right. No, I mean yes, he can at least write for Congress sucks. now. I'm biased. I have I mean, an eye patch. A racist wearing an eye patch My is good enough for the cool. U.S. Congress now. So who gives a shit? <laughs> My eye patch is brown and leather. Oh, whatever. Fuck it, your eye patch. Well, it was you also, didn't even wear it this whole time because it didn't because you couldn't read shit. Yeah, it was hard to read. <laughs> I could have done it, but it would have been hard. You know what? You you suck at method acting, sir. But you know, with that, that's our episode. Thank you so much for supporting our show. Thank you for voting for this. Oh, the next one's gonna be amazing. Here's the hoping. Um Please uh, continue supporting the show. You support all of our t-shirt designs and research supplies and one day getting Nick to a zoo. So I'd like to go. We'll take you there eventually. Your house my does lar- not count. My, my large adult son. No. <laughs> no. So thank you everybody for supporting our show and we will see you next bonus episode.